Hello, Woodland Hills. Thanks. Oh, you guys are so nice. So sweet. Hello, all you who are visiting. We're especially glad that you're here. And all you pod parishioners out there, we love you. And it's just my privilege and honor to come and be able to share the word here with all you this morning. Um, we're in the middle of the series called Course Corrections. We're looking at ways we can partner with the Spirit to make little changes in our life that result in long, big changes down the road. Uh, as I shared last week, if I'm heading right in this direction and I just make a wee little two-inch correction here, so I, I just go like this, well then, as I walk this out, that little tiny two-inch thing becomes a quarter-mile difference, a mile down the road, and a, a mile difference, ten miles down the road. That's the kind of change that we're, we're uh, talking about here, course correction. The course correction I want to talk about this morning, this, the little tweak I want to talk about this morning, is going to be of particular interest to you. Because it's a tweak that, um, well, some scientists have said is the key to happiness. Uh, this is the secret of happiness. Uh, make this tweak and, and you'll be a happier person. Now, we don't want to be motivated in making our tweaks. We don't make these tweaks for the purpose of becoming happier because we're not to be people who chase after happiness. Uh, we, we do it because this is God's will. And we'll see this here in this message. This is God's will. But... If you make this tweak because it's God's will, it has one really good side effect, and that is that it will increase your happiness. And who doesn't want that, right? That's a nice thing. Everybody wants to be happy. Would you agree with that? I never met one person who says, gosh, I wish I was less happy. This is just such a hassle being so happy. We all want happy. We all want happiness. But a number of studies have shown that actually a majority of people are not happy. Uh, the 2017 Harris Poll uh, found that one out of three Americans say that they are more happy than they are unhappy. One out of three, which means two out of three say that they are more unhappy than they are happy. That's kind of sad. Um, so we, we want it, but, but uh, a lot of folks seem to have trouble being that, attaining that. Now imagine if someone invented a happy pill. And if you just take this happy pill, you will find your happiness constantly increasing. You must have taken a happy pill. <laughs> or the laughing pill. What do you think people would pay to get their hands on that pill? I would think that they would empty their bank accounts and sell all they had, if they had to, to get a hold of that happy pill. Because what good are possessions and money if you're not happy? And on the other hand, if you're happy without possession and money, then you don't need the possession of money. I would think they'd sell everything and, and uh, empty the bank accounts to get that pill. Well, this tweak I'm talking about, folks, is that pill. In fact, there's scientific proof that this is that pill. Um, and, and, and so the deal is, is this, that um, uh, if you'll just go and sell all that you have and empty your bank accounts, give it to me. Next week, I'll tell you what that secret is, all right? God bless you guys. Have a great day. Yeah. Okay, I'm such a wonderful man, so, so I'm going to share that secret here this morning, and uh, 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 you don't have to pay me a thing for it. Though after the message, you might feel kind of convicted that you didn't put anything in the offering because it's so good, and so you can make up that difference uh, out at the help desk. All right. So I've been titling this, um, I'm, I'm telling this message, The Secret. And I know there's a new age book out there called The Secret. I read the thing. Uh, it's basically how to turn the universe into your little narcissistic playground. This message is not, has nothing to do with that. And again, 
Though this is the secret to happiness, uh, we're not making this tweak for the purpose of becoming happy. We're doing it because it's God's will, but the result is, we will see here, that it makes us happy. Okay, uh, I want to read four verses here and see if you can notice a pattern. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. I give thanks, Paul says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1, 6, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 2 and 3, we always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And then 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3, we must always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. I'm sure you noticed the pattern there, duh. Um, we find throughout Paul's letters, he's always giving thanks and feels he must give thanks for the way God has blessed other people, for the fact that they know Jesus. He blesses them because of their labor for him and their help towards him and their steadfastness. He's always thanking God for the grace that's coming on other people. But he also is thanking God all over the place for the grace that's come on him. He thanks God for his, that, that, that he's called and, and he's saved and he thanks God for every ministry opportunity that opened up. Uh, and he thanks God for every blessing that he receives from others. He even thanks God when he's suffering, that he gets to suffer with Christ. And he thanks God that, that God strengthens him uh, as he's suffering with Christ. Uh, gratitude permeates the, the Pauline epistles, as it does really the whole, whole, whole New Testament. Um, it, it's just a, a central thing. Paul found in every circumstance a, reasons to give thanks. And then he instructs disciples to do the same thing. So, for example, in Colossians uh, chapter 3, read this. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. And be thankful. Uh, Paul here doesn't specify why we're supposed to be thankful. Uh, because what he's saying is, he's talking about the kind of person we're, 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 we're to become. Uh, be a thankful kind of a person. Be a person who doesn't take anything for granted but who's always expressing gratitude. Be that kind of a person. And notice here, Paul doesn't give it as sort of a suggestion. Uh, he, it, it, it's an imperative. It's a command. Be thankful. Uh, this is the will of God. Um, be cultivating that attitude of gratitude. And, and we'll see here in a moment that it's not a coincidence that in this passage, letting the peace of God rule over our hearts and being thankful are, are mentioned alongside of each other because we're going to see here in a little bit that there's an intrinsic connection between being a, a thankful person, cultivating a, a thankful disposition on the one hand and being a, having a peaceful dis disposition on the other, letting the peace of God rule in our heart. There's a connection there. Another passage is uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. Listen to this one. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What's the will of God? It's this, that you will in all circumstances be rejoicing and praying and giving thanks. This is the will of God. Now notice Paul doesn't say that, that we're supposed to give God thanks for all circumstances. In all circumstances, give thanks. He doesn't say for all circumstances. Um, if you're here this morning and, and have cancer, you, God doesn't expect you to give, thank him for that cancer. 
Because the truth is, he didn't give you that cancer, and cancer is not a gift. Uh, but what Paul is saying is that in all circumstances, including when you have got cancer, uh, rejoice and pray and give thanks, because despite however terrible cancer is, you've got thousands of other reasons to be giving thanks. And so in all circumstances, we're going to be doing that. Notice here, that, again, that it's not a suggestion, it's an imperative. This is the will of God. Don't have to pray about, God, what's your will about this? No, he, he's, he's told us. Uh, we're to be giving thanks in all circumstances, uh, regardless of what, what, what's going on. And Paul, see, he knew what he was talking about. He knew something about bad circumstances. It's not like he was Mr. Pollyanna or something. You know, this is a guy who had almost been killed by mobs several times. He'd been several times arrested and beaten and thrown to prison and was facing execution. He was shipwrecked and stranded on an island. I mean, he'd seen some hardship. And yet, he, in every situation, in all circumstances, however bleak they were, he rejoiced. He gave thanks. And there's, uh, uh, it's not a coincidence that he mentions rejoicing and being thankful in the same passage because we're going to see that there's an intrinsic connection between those two things. Having a thankful disposition um, and having a joyful disposition are really two sides of the same coin. They, they're, they're intrinsically connected. So here's the thing. God created us. And so I'm thinking he knows a thing or two about how we're wired. You think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he kind of knows how we work. And um, he knows what, what, what behaviors harm us, and he knows what behaviors help us. Uh, when, when, you, when you hear the word sin, or see it in the Bible, that is just a warning. It's a loving warning saying, don't, this is going to harm you and others. Don't. Um, when, when you hear the word sin, don't think austere, killjoy judge who just doesn't want you to have fun. Uh, rather, hear the loving word of a parent warning you, trying to protect you. Uh, he, he, he knows how we're wired. And so there's a reason why he tells us uh, over and over again to be thankful. He's, he's, he knows how we're wired. He knows we are at our best when we're walking in gratitude. Uh, this is how we're designed to work. And that's why as, when we're cultivating a heart of gratitude, we find ourselves being happier. There's actually a, a mountain of scientific evidence that proves this. Um, in the, last, in the last, in fact, there's a whole field now, a whole field of science called the science of gratitude. Did you know that? I, I didn't know that till this week, and I'm just so grateful that I found this out and st studied this. Um, no, it, it, it started as uh, the science of happiness about a decade and a half earlier. The science, and these scientists wanted to find out what makes people happy. And so, because everyone wants to be happy, so this would be a pretty important scientific discovery. And what they found is by far and away the common denominator that happy people had in common was that they were grateful. And they started doing tests and all these different things about teaching people how to be grateful, and they would measure happiness. And without exception, it's like a, a law of nature, people become happier as they become more grateful. And so now they just call it the science of gratitude. The science of gratitude. Um, a, a, a pioneer and leader in this field is Dr. Robert Emens. He wrote a book. Some of you might want to check this out. It's really interesting. Thanks. It's the title of the book, How the New Science of Gratitude Can Make You Happier. It's all, it just reports on all scientific research. Really interesting stuff. So I'm just going to give you a little snippet of this, uh, uh, of this scientific stuff. Uh, if this isn't the kind of thing that excites you, well, then just bear with me as I geek out for a moment. But this is really interesting stuff for, to me. Okay, so in this one study, Robert Emens and this other scientist, Michael uh, McCullo at the University of Miami, they did a 10-week study. And they took a random bunch of people and randomly divided them into three groups. 
Group number one was told to, uh, for 10 weeks every day, write in a journal, to notice and record things that they were grateful for. Group number two was to notice and record things that irritated them, things that they wish were different. And group number three was just to record and, and, and or notice and write down things that affected them for better or for worse, just what you liked or what you didn't like. At the end of 10 weeks, they found that group number three was the same. They just reported what affected them, and, and they were the same. Group number two that wrote down things that irritated them were, more, were less happy, more miserable. But group number one that recorded every day things that they noticed that they were grateful for, they were significantly happier than they were before this study. Significantly. In fact... Not only that, but they found that this group tended to be more optimistic than they had been before. They had less anxiety and less stress than they did before. This surprised them. They got sick significantly less than the other two groups, uh, and then they did before. They found them, they exercised more than the other groups, and no one told them to exercise more or anything, and they don't even remember, for the most part, making a decision about it. They just wanted to exercise more. Who knows? Uh, they found this group was more empathetic. They're more, they, they, their capacity for empathy had increased, and so they were helping people more than they had before. And they found that this group developed more new social contacts than they had before. There's something about gratitude that's, that, that seems to attract people to you, and you develop more relationships and stuff. All of that because for 10 weeks, they simply noticed and wrote down things that they were thankful for. In another study done by Martin uh, Seligman, at the, uh, he's a psychologist at the University of Pennsylvania, uh, he took 411 people and over a period of time just had them in, do different behaviors and then would measure the degree to which that behavior uh, improved or, or decreased the, their sense of happiness. Uh, one of the things that, they, that uh, this guy had them do was um, they had to think of somebody that was, had been kind to them or had assisted them in some way uh, when they were young, either in childhood or early teen years, someone who had, and someone whom they had never thanked. And then they were to write out a thank you letter uh, and personally deliver it to them. And that one activity, more than anything else they did, uh, increased people's happiness. In fact, it increased it such that, in some cases, it was still measurable a month later, even though they hadn't done anything uh, in terms of gratitude in between. It, it had a, a month-long lasting effect. That one act increased their happiness. Finally, in another study, uh, it concerns 65 adults that had severe neuromuscular disease. And they took these folks um, and divided them into two groups. And for 21 days, they were to write in a journal, daily write in a journal, uh, different things. Group number one was supposed to record, um, uh, just make observations about their, their health and about their sense of well-being. Just, just, don't try to change it, just report what's there. And their caregivers were also told to daily write in a journal uh, about, their, about their patient's uh, health and sense of well-being. Okay, that's group number one. Group number two was, and you can probably predict this now, they were told to notice and record things that they were grateful for for 21 days. And their caregivers were to have the same assignment as group number one. They just would observe their health and, and their sense of well-being and record that. Well, at the end of 21 days, uh, group number one was the same as it was before the 21-day study, but group number two was significantly changed. Both the patients and the caregivers reported a significant change in, in uh, the, the happiness of this uh, uh, group. But it wasn't just that. Uh, they also had a more optimistic outlook. Um, surprisingly, and they don't know why this is the case, but the group slept better. Uh, on, on average, they slept better than they did before the study. 
Uh, their overall health improved, and the symptoms from their neuromuscular disease lessened somewhat. And their level of irritation and anxiety over those symptoms was less. And so just 21 days of recording things that you're grateful for made that much difference in their happiness, in their sleep, and, and these, these other areas. Which leads me to this. Uh, they say it takes 21 days, three weeks, to, to lock down a new habit. And that's what we're talking about here. This tweak has got to become a habit of ours. So, so I want to issue here a Boyd challenge. Uh, starting today, I challenge you to write down, several times throughout the day, write down things that you notice uh, that you're grateful for and just, just write them down. Uh, and after three weeks, let's, let's see if we're not smiling more than we used to. All right? The Boyd challenge. Uh, do this discipline. Just notice things that you're grateful for and just start writing them down. And the more specific, the better. Don't just say, well, I'm thankful for my granddaughter. What is it about her that you're thankful for? And, and, and write those things down and give thanks to God for that, that blessing. There's just a mountain of evidence like this, folks. Um, it, it's, it's really, it's, it, it's, it's proven that this is the, the key to happiness. Here's, here's a summary of uh, what, what all this mountain of evidence shows. The people who cultivate a grateful attitude had, all things being equal, less depression and more happiness. Now, it, it doesn't take away all your problems. Okay? I'm not selling you that. Um, but it improves everything. It doesn't solve everything, but it improves everything. Uh, you have better self-esteem, less, less stress, less sickness, better sleep, more empathy and less anger, better relationships, and more relationships. Uh, it improves everything just by being grateful. So it's really not an overstatement to say that this really is the key to, uh, to happiness. And we can begin to understand now why... Um, why, why God puts such stress on the importance of being thankful. He worried us. He knows how we work. And he knows that we are at our best when we are grateful. And that's why we're happy when we're grateful, which is maybe one of the reasons why it's God's will that we're grateful, because God, like any good parent, wants us to be happy. And I just think it's kind of cool that um, there's lately so much scientific evidence that's confirming teachings of the Bible. A couple months ago, I shared uh, about how forgiveness, there's all this evidence that forgiveness is good for you and unforgiveness is not. Uh, and now we're finding the same thing is true about, about gratitude and being thankful. Uh, these guys wrote, the biblical authors wrote, you know, thousands of years ago, and they're just now confirming it with science. I mean, these guys were way ahead of their time. You'd almost think they were divinely inspired, wouldn't you? Okay, so pretty cool stuff. So it's a little two-inch tweak. Just start being, we can start it right now. Think of something you're grateful for. You just did it. See? It's the easiest thing in the world to do. But persevering in that course is a challenge. Okay, making the tweak is easy in the now, but staying on course is a challenge, especially for us here in America and in other Western uh, countries. Uh, there's a lot of things that work against this. Paul said in Philippians 4, he says, I've learned in every situation to be content. Whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, I've learned to be content. We have to realize that we live in a, in a, in a, a, a culture that really conditions us to do the opposite. Whatever you have, uh, don't be content with that. There's more. There's more that you can have. Be discontented. This is the air that we breathe. I've heard some Christian, American Christians, who just celebrate capitalism like it was God's great plan of, uh, for, for economies, almost right up there with a plan of salvation. And, um, and I would agree in terms of worldly thinking that it is a pretty brilliant economic system in terms of generating wealth. Uh, there's, there's some upside to it. But as kingdom people, we've got to realize the downside of this. And the downside is that what makes capitalism a brilliant economic system is it found a way to turn a vice into a virtue. Uh, the system runs on people being discontented, 
and, and people always wanting more. Uh, if, if, if someone did invent that happy pill that I was talking about and could prove scientifically that this would work and everyone in America took it, so the next morning they wake up and they're totally content with what they have, they're totally happy with what they have, they don't want more, our economy would, would, would collapse in a nanosecond. It runs on people wanting more. However much you have, you feel like you need something else. And I want to say, uh, God bless all of you who work in the advertising industry. Uh, uh, we all need jobs. We all need jobs. There's no judgment about that. It's fine. It's fine. Okay? So what I'm going to say right now is not about you. Please don't be. I don't want to get all these hate emails. Uh, I'm not cracking. But look it. We got to just say this out loud. Um, Every advertisement we see, whether it's on the TV or on our computer or our iPhone or billboard, or now everywhere you look, there's advertisements. Some people even turn their cars into an advertisement. I saw one the other day, it was a 7-Up, a 7-Up car. I guess they pay you to put all these advertisements on your car. Um, so everywhere you look, it's just being commercialized, everything. Well, every one of those advertisements are designed by very, very, very brilliant people to do one thing and to do it very well, and that is to get you to feel like you need what they're selling. That's what they're doing. Don't be content with what you've got. You need this. You know, you'd get more respect and you'd respect yourself more if you just drove this luxury car and wore this fancy watch and, and, and had that high-end retail suit. You know, boy, that would really get you self-respect. That smile of yours would be so much nicer and sweeter and sexier if you just brushed with this kind of miracle toothpaste and, and used the supersonic electric brush and, and if you just use that Hollywood whitening, you know, teeth whitener thing that Julie Roberts uses. And, and if you gargled with this kind of whitening gargle uh, mouthwash and your breath would be better and wouldn't everyone like that. Uh, and, and, you know, you, your life would be better if you just had this bigger house and, and you'd be picking up the hot chicks if you drank this beer because everyone knows that beer breath is so sexy. And, and, and you'd look better and you'd feel better if you just ate this super product and drank this super mineral water and popped this super pill and went on this super diet. And they're all like that. Don't be content with what you've got. Uh, you want more, you can, you can do better. You can, be, you can be sexier, you can be stronger, you can get more attention, you can get more accolades, you can get blah, 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 blah. Which, if you think about it, is the exact same sales pitch that was offered Eve in the garden. Genesis 3 is the first advertisement in history. And it's no coincidence that the fall happens right after that advertisement. Hey, Eve, yeah. Eve, 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 don't be content with what you've got. Now, girl, you've got to up your game. It's, it's time to step it up. You can do better than this. Walking with God in the cool of the day. What are you, some kind of household pet? Now, look over there, yonder. Look at that tree, that, that, that pretty, pretty tree with that tasty, tasty fruit. Ah, look at that. And, 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 and you don't want to be Dumbo, do you? Why be a Dumbo when you can be smart? You can be wise like God. This will do it for you. Be all you can be. Get all you can get. Reach out and grab it now. Uh, but, but, but don't hesitate because supplies are limited. There's only one of those trees. And this is a one-time offer. Visa and MasterCard are accepted, you know. Bam, first commercial. See, what we got to realize is that that commercial is all around us all day long, every single day. That same, that same sales pitch is always out there. Don't be content. You can do better. Come on, up your game. Creating in us a sense, I got to have that. I got to have that. It, it, it's like the serpent's always whispering to us. It's just that we're so used to it, we don't notice it. It's background noise. What we do notice, however, is that, many of us anyways, we're, we're not content. 
We're always walking around hungry. I want to get, I got to get, I got to get, I got to get. Uh, we're not content. And, and if we're not content with what we have, we're not thankful for what we have. Uh, and if we're not thankful for what we have, we're not going to be happy. Uh, and we're not happy because we're not in the will of God. Right? Uh, that's, we, we, we see the effect, but we fail to notice the cause, which is all around us. To get out of this trap and cultivate a thankful disposition is going to require us to swim upstream. Uh, and it's a strong stream, and so that means that we're going to have to be very intentional about it. We're going to have to change some things to remember to stay on track here. The challenge isn't the initial two-inch tweak. We can do that in a second. The challenge is to stay on course and not fall back into our old attitude of taking everything for granted and not being thankful for things. Uh, the key is to remember to take nothing for granted. Remember that. Take nothing for granted. And we can start with just the fact that we know Jesus. Um, you know, if you know Jesus, uh, if, if, if you're in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, that is a gift. That is a gift. Never take that for granted. Always be given thanks. For you to have that gift, God had to be willing to set aside all of his divine blessings and to become a human being. Uh, uh, never take that for granted. Uh, give thanks. And, and for you to know Christ and be in the saving position you're in now, uh, Jesus had to be willing to be arrested and had to be willing to be beaten and mocked and tortured and crucified. Never take that for granted. Always be given thanks. And God had to be willing to enter into, bear our sin, and then enter into the, the hell of our God-forsaken curse. Never take that for granted. Always be given thanks. And God had to defeat the accuser that held uh, our sins over us, and he nailed the sins to the cross. And, 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 and so now they're obliterated and destroyed as far as the east is from the west. Never take that for granted. Always be giving God thanks. Always be giving God thanks. And not only that, but, but, but if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit working in your heart to soften your heart and to open your eyes, you wouldn't recognize the truth if it, if it stared you in the face. You would never embrace the truth. If, if, if you know Christ and you're embracing the kingdom and you're pledging allegiance to the kingdom, you're accepting the truth, that's not because you're so smart and, and your heart is so pure. We were dead in sin, destined for destruction. If you know Jesus, you can thank the Holy Spirit for that one, all right? Never take it for granted. Always be given thanks. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the, the truth is, you, know, you may not have very much going in this life. You, you may not have much going. But, but if, if, if you know that, if you, if you know and have embraced the truth about who Jesus is, you have got a trillion times more reason to, to be thankful than the richest person on this planet who doesn't know Jesus. So give God thanks. Give God thanks. Really. You may not have a roof over your head. You maybe don't have two pennies to rub together. Maybe, maybe you're feeling so sick you're going to die tonight. Maybe your wife just left you and for your only friend and took your beloved dog with her. You know, maybe your life is one long, sad country western song, you know. Uh, but, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if, if you know this truth, what I just shared here, if, if you embrace that and live by that uh, and give thanks for that, you've got more reasons to give thanks than, than the wealthiest person on this planet. Uh, you've got everything. You're rich. You're rich. And that's why you can give God all the glory. You can give God thanks in all circumstances. And then just consider that, that the result of what God has done for us is that now we are reconciled God. Give God thanks. And now we are seated with Christ and we're seated in Christ in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers. Give God thanks. And, and, and we, are, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing the Bible says. And we're declared holy and blameless in His sight. And we're loved in the beloved. Praise God. Give God thanks. And now we share in the eternal unending triune life of God. And we're filled with His spirit we're being transformed by his love give God thanks you got reasons to give God thanks man 
It just doesn't get better than that. But don't stop there. Don't stop there. Uh, check out these two gems in, in Scripture. It says, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it's given to him from heaven. And then James, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every single positive thing in your life is something, it's a gift for which you should be thankful and giving thanks. Think of it like this. If we don't give thanks for the fact that, let's say, your eyes work, it means that that's, uh, you're, you're, you're taking your eyes for granted. Yeah. You're, you, you think you're entitled to those eyes. Entitlement, here's another part of our culture, folks. It, it, it conditions us to feel like we're entitled. And nothing kills gratitude like entitlement. So we think we're entitled to this. But you may have noticed that some people have, don't have eyes that work. And there's no reason that you can or anyone else can give as to why you have eyes that work and they don't. So you might want to be grateful for those eyes. It's not that God's up there saying, oh, you get to see and you don't get to see. God would like everyone to see. But we live in a war-torn war zone, and, and, and there's a thousand variables out there that affect whether blessings get down to us or not. And you happen to be in a place where the, the, the blessing of eyesight got down to you, but not to somebody else. And so you might want to be thankful that you got lucky, but you also give thanks to God because God is the one who gave you the gift. Take nothing for granted. And sometimes just by the way we act, we, we act like we're entitled to have ears that can hear and legs that can walk and arms that can move things and a heart that can beat on its own and lungs that can breathe on their own. But there are some folks who don't have those things. And when we're not giving thanks, we are acting like we're entitled to those things. But see, some folks don't have any of those things and there's no reason why you're not among them. So be thankful for every part of your body that works. Praise God. Every part of it. Don't focus on what you don't have that maybe a few other people have. Focus on what you do have that some other people don't have and give thanks for those things. I'm sorry your knees ache, but they still work. And that's more that can be said for a lot of folks, you know. And so give thanks for every positive thing. And do you have people in your life that care about you at all? You know, parents maybe, or spouse, or, or kids, or relatives, nephews, uncles. Is there anybody, a friend, who cares about you? Don't take them for granted. Give God thanks for them, because there are some people who are all alone in this world. Give God thanks for every single thing. And as I shared last week, uh, you know, just being here at Woodland Hills Church, we are so blessed. We are just so blessed that we get to come together and sacrifice in ways that make makes a profound impact on other people's lives and it ripples out into eternity. Do you know how rare that is? Our lives get to count. We have meaning. We have purpose. So many people live their life without any sense of meaning or purpose and, and don't make, they make little or no impact on other people's lives. But we get to together make this huge impact and that's a gift. We didn't, we didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. We're not entitled to it. It's sheer gift. Give God thanks. Give God thanks. Give him all the thanks. So, so it's a little two-inch correction, but man, if you make this correction, you, you'll, you will find that, that, and if you persevere on that course, you'll find that you are happier. Uh, you might find you feel better about yourself. You have less stress, less anger, uh, less anxiety. You might find you're healthier. You're getting sick less often, uh, often. You have greater empathy for others, so you're sharing your resources more with others. You might even find that you sleep better, you have better relationships, and you have more relationships. That's a pretty good, and you don't have to sell your, your, all you have and, and empty your bank account to get it. It's free. It's right here. It's the word. It is the will of God. We don't do it to get happy. We do it because it's God's will. But man, when we do it, we get happy. Amen. Amen. Okay, three quick tips here, and then we're going to go back into worship. Uh, the, 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 the real issue here is to remember. This is it. Because the momentum of our past life and our, our patterns of thought, it, it, it's strong. It, 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 we, our default is, is not in line with this. We've got to change our default, and, and that takes 21 days. So accept that boy challenge, all right? Um, uh, remember, 
It's not what you believe right now that's important. It's, it's will you remember this an hour from now and tonight and tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and the day you die. That's, that's the challenge. So do whatever it takes to remember this. Um, and you might want to like make a covenant with somebody uh, who also wants to make this course correction. Saying, I tell you what, will you like remind me and I'll remind you and, and you hold me accountable and I'll hold you accountable. That's, that's beautiful. Everything in the kingdom works better when done in relationship. Uh, some people put a timer on their watch and it will, you know, beeps every, or on your iPhone and it, it beeps every hour to remind you to give thanks for something. Um, uh, put a post-it notes all over the place, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Yeah, post-it notes work, you know, have them all over the place. Uh, it, Whatever it takes to remember this, uh, do it. I encourage you, first thing in the morning, get in the habit of doing this. First thing in the morning, give thanks. Why? Because you just woke up. Yeah? Uh, that you entitled that. Every day, every breath is a gift from God. Give thanks. And it's, it's just start your day with a sense of gratitude. You may not be in the mood, you're too tired, you're kind of grouchy. Do it. It is the will of God in Christ Jesus, all right? Let the will of God trump your mood, all right? That's... And that, that, that's how this, that is how the kingdom works. Okay, and then at night, before you go to bed, just think about the day and give thanks for, for everything that comes to mind there, everything that's positive. Uh, we're, 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 we're turning this, this the Titanic here, a quarter of an inch or two inches, and, and, but it takes some real intentionality. Number two, um, don't just think it, say it. All of the studies show that thinking gratitude is good, that's good, but saying it, it's like triples the effect. There's something about saying it it, it, it deepens the sense of gratitude and it reinforces the attitude of gratitude. Uh, and so, so as you're going about your day and you're grateful for something, you know, don't shout it out in, in the shopping mall, but, but, but whisper, thank you, God, for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for this. And if there's a person you're thankful for, tell them. It's good for them, but it's really good for you. You're reinforcing and deepening that sense of gratitude. So don't just think it, say it. Or write it down. That's why they emphasize writing it down. That also reinforces it. Third thing, final thing, is watch out for negative talk. Because the same way that positive talk reinforces positive uh, attitudes, so also the negative uh, uh, reinforces the negative and drives gratitude right out the window. There's proper context where you need to complain about something, uh, where you need to critique something or someone. There's appropriate context, but they're appropriate because they're done for the purpose of improving something, of helping someone. Uh, that's why they can be done in love. Paul says, do everything in love, 1 Corinthians 16.4. Do everything in love. Uh, and, and that will be that you, if, if you critique or you complain, it's because you're trying to help. But if you're critiquing and complaining and you're not trying to help, you're just whining, you're just, you're just you know, having a bad day and you're just taking it out on someone, you're tongue-lashing someone, gossiping, slander, whatever, shut up! Shut up! If you're just whining, all you're doing is reinforcing the attitude that leads to whining and that's the opposite of gratitude. Uh, and so, so really watch, the, watch, watch out for the negative talk. Um, do you really need to be complaining here? Uh, is this for any good purpose? If not, then just... Shut up and start being grateful for things. Start being for Okay, so we are now going to go into a time where we're going to start thanking God. You, are you ready to thank God? We're going we're gonna to worship and praise uh, and celebrate all that, who God is and, and for saving us and for every good gift that he's given to us. All right, we're going to worship and praise now. And here's the thing. Um, worship and praise is about ascribing worth to God. And we ascribe worth to God and it's not, not primarily by what we say, but by how we say it, how we sing it. Right? Like, if, if you're half into this, half your mind and half your heart and half your body are into this, you're saying to God, you're worth half of me. Or, you're worth half my best. Do you want to be saying that? 
Um, truth is God has unlimited worth. And therefore, praise and worship are only really praise and worship if we are worshiping him, as Jesus tells us to, with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our body and all of our soul and all of our strength. And so are you ready now to pour out all of your heart, all your mind, all your body, all your soul, and all your strength and worship and praise to him? All right, would you stand? And let me just say this, that includes all your body. And this first song is a body song, so feel free to dance. Raise your hands. team for leading us in that, you guys. Thanks. Praise God. Praise God. I encourage us to remember, it's easy in this moment, but an hour from now, tonight, tomorrow, next week, next year, the day you die. That's, that's the goal. Course correction and stay the course by constantly giving thanks. Uh, I encourage you to consider taking that void challenge for 21 days, starting today. Start running it down. Start noticing. Train your eyes to see what you do have, not what you don't have. Because we're swimming upstream on this, but boy, so worth it, so worth it. And it is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Uh, If you're here uh, this morning and have any need, maybe you're in one of those bad circumstances. Uh, we have prayer teams that are up here. With the prayer teams come forward up by the stairs. And I encourage you to get prayer for whatever that circumstance is because prayer does change things. Amen? Uh, it's just not to help us feel better. It's, it's, it changes things. It releases kingdom power into things. So take advantage of that. And if you're here this morning and you're not a surrendered disciple of Jesus, I encourage you to consider becoming one. And if you're interested in that, come up here and talk to these folks and they'd love to explain to you what it is to get started on this kingdom walk. As we leave here, let's do it as a people who are committed to giving thanks in all situations. Uh, Good, bad, and ugly in all situations. And then spend a little time out in the gathering area being hospitable, uh, meeting people that you don't know, welcoming the church. Remember, Merrick is back there, and if you want to sign up for the Saturday cleanup, uh, go and be a part of that. God bless you guys. Love you. Thank, Thank God for each other. Thank God for you. Amen. Bye.